I will announce our first speaker. Uh, we'll be having a message today by Mr. David Hope, and he's already up and ready to go. It is the multiplicity of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Sean. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, it's great to have a full house today. Really great. It's nice to see a lot of people we haven't seen, pretty faces and older pretty faces we haven't seen in a long time. It's really good. And I uh, want to thank our praise and worship team. It, it's always a blessing to me personally, and I think some of you other men too that speak, to have special music or something, you know, before we do it. It always, uh, and I've said this before, it always puts me in a, in a lot better mood, and I appreciate it. And uh, good to see a lot of our people back that uh, have been out sick. And uh, my wife's back again after having uh, gallbladder surgery. And, and Monday I went to the old folks' workout, you know, with those senior citizens, you know, these people that 50 or above, whatever it is. And, and they asked, well, where's, what, how's Fran doing? I said, well, she's doing pretty good. But I said, she had a right gallbladder taken out last week. And they looked at me like, <laughs> right gallbladder. I said, yeah, it's, it hurt right in here. And, and she went into the emergency room. And, and anyway, they took out her right gallbladder. And they, they think I'm kind of dingy. But anyway, the, uh, and, and the power, God, God willing, the power won't go out today like it did yesterday. If, if you weren't here yesterday and you haven't heard about it, uh, Kim was just right in the big middle of his message, just fixing to really shoot up a storm. And, you know, and the power went out. And had the same thing to happen this morning in my house. Uh, let me get this thing started. I won't go over time. Uh, I had a lot of my stuff on the computer already, and uh, power went out, and, and I don't have one of those uh, battery backup things. My battery went out five or six years ago, and I never did replace it. And, and boy, I mean, it went out, and, and I thought, I don't have time to redo all this. And uh, fortunately, it, it's an older computer, and, and uh, it had several things in here, dates that it would go back to back it up, and I chose the most recent one, so I didn't have to retype a lot of stuff, so I appreciate that. Uh, the multiplicity of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, that sounds like a long message, doesn't it? It could be. It won't be. I, God willing, I planned on it being fairly short, really. And uh, there, there are many. Uh, today I want to talk about, let me see where I go in. Uh, there are many aspects and uh, correlations of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of connections, you know, throughout the Bible, in the Old and New Testament both. And really, sermons could be made of any, any number one of them. And I listed probably a little sli slightly less than a dozen of them, and you could me uh, m mention even more. And, and, but I'm just going to briefly do it, and maybe it'll just uh, key a thought to you, maybe of a past message you've heard or something you'd like to study. Uh, but I'm not going to go into detail on some of them, but I will on some. But anyway, I've, I've got about a little less than a dozen. Uh, one, you know, the Ten Commandments, most people, uh, scholars claim that the Ten Commandments were given on the day of Pentecost. Uh, uh, and there's messages, and I've given, some of the other people here have given. Uh, how to count Pentecost, you know, which is the... Feast of Weeks, you know, how do, we, how do we get to that, you know? Some people claim that, you know, we can keep Pentecost or should be keeping Pentecost on a Monday or Tuesday or some other day, and we, we keep it on Sunday all the time, and there's ways of doing that. There's messages on that. 
the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, and we've heard many things along that nation and still uh, way, and still can talk about that. Uh, the New Testament church observed the day of Pentecost. There's a number of scriptures showing that, and uh, you know we have uh, people that try to contradict that, but it really can't. Uh, speaking in tongues as a proof to the Jews and to the Christians that God is working with Gentiles now and forever. You know, that was a, an outward uh, expression for the people back in those days, especially to show them that the Gentiles are now accepted into the church. Um, not to say that it's not in effect today. There are people that have languages. That, but anyway, that's another message, and that's something that we could go into. If you have questions along that line, you know, maybe you should bring them up. Um, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. As we heard yesterday, Barnabas Grayson gave a message. The title of his message was The Comforter. And so many aspects that you can go in to show the comforter. Uh, examples that we can have and show. There's, there's so many of them that, that all of you have things that you could show and, and tell and give a testimonial, so to speak, of the comforter, how beneficial it's been in your life. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmity, and I think Barney mentioned uh, just a little bit of that uh, yesterday. Uh, and forgive me if, if you think I'm being disrespectful to Mr. Grayson by calling him Barney. He's been a friend of mine for 40-some-odd years, and I know uh, it, it's proper to call him Barnabas, but I don't think Paul called uh, uh, Barnabas Barney in the you know, New Testament, but but I know, I know Barney well enough that I call him that, and, and I hope you don't think I think disrespectful of him because I uh, love him very much. Uh, anyway, uh, bring uh, to remembrance, you know, things that you haven't, can't think of and that the Spirit will bring to remembrance. I think Barney mentioned a little bit of that yesterday if we go into uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through us and to us. You know, a lot of examples, but just one little simple example over in Mark 13, I'm not going to go there, 13, 9 through 11. You know, when uh, Jesus saying they'll bring you before kings and rulers and all of that, and, and you know, for my name's sake, and, you know, the end of the time and all that. And he said, don't, don't think, ponder about what you're going to say. Because you're going to speak, the Holy Spirit's going to speak through you. It's going to be your word. It's going to be God's word instead of, instead of your own. So when it comes down to it, the Holy Spirit can and will speak through us. And I know it's just spoken to some of you, to other individuals. Sometimes you think, well, where did that come from? You know, it ended up being a very profound thing. And those things happen. And there are a lot of things we could... We could anyway, they're just, just such a long story. We won't go into some of that. Um, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it be in you, if it be in me, it's going to resurrect us. It's going to bring life back into us. We're either going to be converted uh, or transformed from spirit, uh, physical to spirit, or we're going to be raised from the dead if that spirit's in us. And hopefully it's in all of us right now. So that's just a few of them. The, the main thing I want to dwell on today is the Holy Spirit, you know, is... The Holy Spirit is what binds us together, binds us and God together. That's the theme, basically, for the most part I want to go to today. And you could call it cement, you could call it whatever it is, but the Holy Spirit, I'm just using as an analogy, is, is what binds us together as a group. 
And I'm not going, like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of stuff, but I will uh, uh, hopefully have good examples. We will go to um, John, the 17th chapter, and this is stuff. Uh, I don't remember now if uh, Barnabas used that yesterday or not, but we, we go through it quite a bit uh, every year, Passover time, so it's not unfamiliar to us. Uh, John 17th chapter and verse 20 through 23. Jesus speaking, breaking into a thought. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on them through their word. And we could say that about us, you know. Those that believe in Jesus through your word, through your word, Steve, and some of the other people or any ladies out here that, that are talking to unconverted people. Uh, you know, Jesus praying for them too. Because we, we have the ability to be a part of uh, converting people through God's Spirit. Verse 21. That they all may be one. Listen to that. All be one as you, Father, are in me. And I in you. And that they, you guys and me, and the apostles and disciples back then, and they may also be one in us, bound together, bound together with us with your Holy Spirit, that the word that the world may believe that you have loved I'm sorry, have sent me. And the glory which you give me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. God and Jesus are so close together. They're not the same person. You know, some people... Anyway, that's another subject. Um, verse 23. I in them, you know, Jesus and you and me, and you in me, I in them, Jesus and I in them, and God, you and me, and that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Run over to First uh, Corinthians, twelfth chapter. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God dwells or calls Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit has to really reveal that to us. Not anybody can physically say it, but they can't really mean it and can't understand it and can't really do it. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. There are differences of administration but the same Lord. And there are differences of operations, but the same God which works in all. And I think any one of us, if we were in charge, we would do things a little bit differently. You know, if we were over a committee or something that somebody else had, you know, we probably very likely could do it different. Uh, if, if we were uh, uh, the pastor of the church, you know, we may do things different than Steve does. And Steve... Uh, may say, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. Or Steve might say, no. But anyway, but there are, there's different administrations. There's different personalities. And uh, there are different administrations. Uh, 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So whatever gift you have, I have, it's to, for the benefit of the entirety of the church, not just our own benefit, not that we can glory over our wonderful, powerful gift that we have, that we think we have. Verse 8, For to one is given a spirit of, by the Spirit the word of wisdom. And boy, would I sometimes lack that. I'd like to have a little more wisdom. Uh, to another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So, you know, just because we have wisdom don't mean we have a lot of knowledge or, or all knowledge. And, and we can have knowledge and may not necessarily have a lot of, uh, a lot of wisdom. I, I knew a guy, uh, my wife and I knew a guy in high school, and he, you know, he was uh, very, very smart. Knew, you know, he was very intellectual, but the guy didn't have common sense at all. He didn't know how to use it, you know. And I liked the guy. He was good. But, you know, I wouldn't use him to <laughs> help me solve a problem of hardly of any kind other than a, maybe a math problem or something. I'm not talking to you, Reg. <laughs> I didn't go to school for Reg. <laughs> I wouldn't say that about you anyway. Reg is, Reg is a smart guy. Um, anyway, but knowledge. To another faith. We don't all have the same amount of faith. We're, we're growing in faith. Some of us have a lot more faith than we had uh, before, and, and a lot of examples, a lot of uh, miracles, a lot of things have happened in our lives to convince us, and we have more faith, and, and of course we can look at the faith chapter, what we call the faith chapter, Hebrews 11 of the New Testament, and, and, and uh, see that. There, that's, a, that's a subject itself, but the Spirit, you know, gives, helps to give the faith. Uh, verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues or languages, and to another, different interpretations. So we, we have all multiplicity of, of, of gifts, not, not only, uh, well anyway, but we have a lot of gifts. Um, okay, I, I made a mistake of taking my finger off my page. Now I've got to find out where I was. Different kinds, to, okay, and excuse me interpretations of tongue but all these working that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally or individually as he will for as the body is one the church our congregation here and we're not the only part of the church believe it or not you know we have a congregation here that's very functional you know we have a lot of love here a lot of knowledge here a lot of understanding here uh, and a lot of uh, patience <laughs> with some of you that, you know, when you p deal with people like me. Uh, but anyway, we're not the only part of the body of Christ. There are churches of God throughout the world, throughout Tulsa, that aren't necessarily in our congregation, that they are the body of Christ also, as long as they're, uh, you know, fall under what we fall under the category of, you know, basically the doctrines. But uh, uh, it'd be nice if we had every one of these gifts in our congregation here that they just stood out, you know. Somebody could really prophesy and, and uh, you know, do fabulous miracles and fabulous hearing. It'd be great if we had that. Maybe someday we'll have more of it. But somewhere in the churches of God, uh, there, there's that out here. And, and it'd be nice if all of the churches of God would learn how to cooperate with one another a little better. We don't necessarily have to be under each other's uh, umbrella, but we, we could consider each other as, as being brothers, being family, being glued together. 
And it's a lot easier to do that if you're out on a trip. I know if I'm out on a trip on my motorcycle out in Arizona or somewhere and, and I come across somebody that's in one of the offshoot churches of God that maybe we don't associate with so much, you know, they'd be a good friend of mine. They'd be a, one of my best friends. I wouldn't care what congregation they're from. You know, they're Church of God people and they're, you know, they're my brothers. And, and I think we think that way anyway, but I think it would be even more so when we get, a, get away from our security of our nest here. Then, um, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For the is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into the body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink. Into one spirit, so we're we're all a part in this this bucket together, so to speak. For the body is not one member, and he goes into the parts of the, the human body, but many. If the foot shall say, "Because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body," and we've heard these things many a times, but that's kind of ridiculous, you know. For the body, for the for uh, you know the foot or the eye or something, say, "I'm not of the body." Um, is it therefore not of the body? Question mark. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not the body? Well, if you're like me, some of the ears aren't too good, and you, you have to depend on some of the other parts of the body to compensate for that. And, uh, and I've mentioned this before, but there may be some here that come once in a while that don't realize we have a hearing impaired uh, devices over here if, if you have really hard hard hearing uh, I use them all the time so if you see me run around the parking lot or something you know uh, I can hear everything goes on I don't miss anything but it's certainly a blessing you know to, to that the church has uh, seen fit to purchase these and and uh, we have several units over there so you know if you really have a problem I'd, I'd, I'd recommend you use them uh, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? And we understand that. If everybody were speakers, everybody were deacons, everybody were elders, uh, everybody were Sabbath school teachers, uh, or if everybody was um, maybe a foot and we needed Sabbath school teachers. I don't know. Sabbath school teachers go pretty high in my book anyway, no matter what, the, what we call them, whether we call them foot, eyes, ears, heart, or whatever. They're very, very, uh, very, very beneficial and have been for so many years or so many of the, the, the older women even that have been here for several years and have several of the classes come up. You know, that's such a responsibility. And they don't get up here, you know, on the pulpit and pound and dang, you know, oh, my, my, isn't she such a good speaker, you know? But, you know, she does a job. And... There are a lot of our women at home that, that don't speak in the, you know, the classes here. So anyway, but we do our teaching in a lot of different ways, not just from the pulpit and not in here. Um, I did mention, didn't I, hearing, hole, and the smelling and all that. Yeah, the smelling. My wife has a real good smell. We've had uh, critters to get under our house and... Uh, uh, you know, they've burrowed under. One of them was a skunk. I caught one of them. I caught two possums, two squirrels, well, three squirrels. I think we had company one day, and I forgot to untrap my, uh, I mean, to tap, uh, tra 
tripped my trap and had a squirrel in there panicking and, and I had to go out and let it out. But, uh, and two possums, two skunks, and anyway. But uh, they, they make a smell into the house and my wife smells it and I don't, so I'm, I'm really blessed that I've got a little sinus infection. But, um, but now has God set, in, set the members, every one of them, in a body as it has pleased him. So whatever, whatever we're doing in the church, whatever our responsibility is, uh, we really should learn to like it because God has put us there. And uh, it, it behooves us to increase our talents, our skills, our abilities, and to be better at it. And, and verse 19, And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are many members yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble or necessary, even when we don't think about, you know, the, uh, some of you've had hip and knee replacements and, and uh, you know, all these different things. And, and uh, uh, anyway, and, and, and even Howard Stanley was telling me about his shoulder. You know, he, he really understands how important that shoulder is, you know. Uh, uh, he's probably glad that the whole body's not a shoulder because he'd be hurting all over. But anyway, those members of the body which you think to be less honorable, and, 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 and should we really think that somebody out here is less honorable than us? Is, is that a little arrogant for us to get the idea and think we're, we're just a little more honorable than these people, the other body members of the church? I, I think most of us don't, but we can get in the habit sometimes of uh, thinking a little more highly of ourselves and not being quite as uh, humble as we should. Upon these, we bestow more honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks. That there should be no schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And, you know, this even makes us think about... Scriptures over in James too, you know, when when they're comparing a rich person coming into the congregation and and you know the nice ring, the clothes, and all that, and we say, oh hey, 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 Deacon, find him a seat, you know, over here, you know, let's let's give this guy a really good seat, and then here comes another guy in, kind of scrabbly and you know, dirty clothes and not too well fit, and then and we just you know we're embarrassed and we say, well, maybe we'll put him back in a TV room or something, you know, where everybody can't see. We don't do that, and I see Renee Becker, she's mad at me for even saying something like that. We, we won't do that, but I mean, it could happen. And I'm glad to see the kind of reactions that we have, too, because it just, just shows me, you know, that, that we have a number of people in here that, that really do have a caring heart, and we really do. Uh, if you don't think so, if you think we're a little cold, come back four or five times. You know, you probably cut some of us in a bad mood sometime. And, <laughs> And, and come back, you'll, you'll find it, that we're a very, very warm, tender, loving, caring church. We really are. Um, and whether one member suffer, and we have. We have people in here suffering right now. We've had people suffering all down through time. We, we all suffer at times. And whether one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, 
all the members rejoice with it. And sometimes it's not always so in a lot of, a lot of groups, you know. Some person gets a, a, a promotion, elevation or something, and a little recognition, and, you know, the feathers go up and the jealousy goes up. That should not happen, you know. It really should not happen. I don't think it happens so much in our group, but I've seen it over the years, that, you know, jealousy, you know. We should be tickled to death that one of our members, you know, that if we still have a kidney that's bad and goes good, you know, that it gets over the infection or prostate or something, you know, we ought to be tickled to death that, you know, this thing's here. And the same way we have members that, that have uh, maybe we feel have gone astray or something that, you know, are, are not living up to our expectations. And, and we ought to be pray for these people and, and be tickled to death and, and welcome you know, when, when these things happen, be honored when these people are honored and excited. Now, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all, you know, just peons like us out here? Uh, are all prophets, are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, you know, and you start getting a little bored after a while, especially, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, you know, we've heard it many a time, and I'm not bored by saying it, but, uh, you know, we, we hear these things, and, and, and we really very well need to pay attention to it. Um, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And I'm not going to do too much of it right now, but I'm going to refer to the fact that Paul right now, at, at the conclusion of this chapter, you know, you, you really don't even have to put chapter breaks in a lot of it. You just go right on into the, to the, to the next, what we call the next subject or something. But he's talking about what we call the love chapter in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, just lack of time, I'm not going to go into it. And, and another uh, set of scriptures is very familiar. Uh, but if you get a chance to do that sometime, to, to read 1 Corinthians 13 in, uh, for, for the deep meaning in, in, in the uh, Living Bible. I've mentioned this before, and I, I like to use that and like to see it done in marriage ceremonies, the, the, the love chapter in the Living Bible. It's really, really, really moving. So if you get a chance sometime, it, it don't take too long to read 1 Corinthians 13 and, and, uh, in, in the Living Bible. There are other good translations. We'll turn over now to, we uh, look at the clock up there. My stopwatch hung up on 19 minutes. Uh, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 6. I therefore, Paul speaking, breaking in, no, this is first chapter. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, forbearing one another, because we are imperfect. With all, oh, let me see. Verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling, 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, and listen to this, who is in, no, who is above all and through all and in you all. God and Jesus Christ, according to my Bible, is in you, is in you and you and in me. And sometimes we really need to realize that. I, uh, let me get off my soapbox to you. But, you know, I think sometimes if I really was conscious of this, every minute of my day, <clears throat> some thoughts I would not allow into my mind. What about you? Some thoughts I wouldn't allow in my mind. Some actions that I do, just because somebody can't see me, let her be like. Uh, anyway, but we need to realize the Holy Spirit in us, and we're a part of each other. We're a part of Jesus Christ. We're a part of the body of Christ, and that Spirit is active and aware and knows everything that goes on every minute of our life. Take heed, David. <laughs> one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Oh, I read this, didn't I? One God. But okay. Um, I had a note down here if there's enough time to go into Ephesians, and that, that'll be my last, probably my last scripture. Uh, there are many scriptures in the Bible that, that really show the oneness, you know, the oneness of us, the oneness of God. There are just so many of them, and, you know, we just have to sometimes choose, well, okay, which ones do I want to go with now? And uh, I'm going to go to uh, Ephesians 5th chapter, Verse uh, 25 through 33. And I've read this many times. I like this one. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself. And he's talking about the church about us, about you and me, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And that's our objective with the Holy Spirit is to become as perfect as we can. Verse 28, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife listen to this, loves himself. He loves himself if he loves his wife. You don't run out and buy yourself a motorcycle or a speedboat or something else and, and uh, give your wife a new iron and when she really needs a sewing machine or something else, you know, or a new dress and think you love your wife as much as you do yourself. Would you really do that if you loved your wife? Uh, Maybe, maybe some do. Maybe some, you know, just really give to the wives a whole lot more than, than, than uh, maybe what's called for. But if you love your wife, men, and you love your wife, I mean you love yourself, if you love yourself. Uh, for no man ever hated, <coughs> excuse me, his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it even as the Lord the church. You know, uh, Tony uh, 
was asking me the, uh, earlier today, he said, how's your shoulder? Well, he's got shoulder problems too, you know, he had both of his shoulder trouble. And, uh, you know, we nourish those, pot, those parts of the body that, that, that's hard to move, you know, that, that want to lock up and cause pain. You know, uh, my wife was nourishing her knee before she had it replaced. You know, you guys that had hip replacements that, you know, we take care of these parts that are injured. We take care of them. We nourish them. We, we, we put cream on them. We put, uh, you know, all type stuff. Maybe even take a pain pill once in a while and some herbs and everything else to, to get rid of that pain. We really take care of it. And that's what we ought to do with, with uh, uh, the body of Christ. I lost my place again. Is that the verse up there I need to read? <laughs> Excuse me. Verse 29. Sorry about that. For no man ever hated... I read this. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. So, so God's loving the church, even with our imperfections, even with our injuries that we have. Jesus and God through the Holy Spirit is working with us right now. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined into his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Here we go again. One, one, one with you. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as, or even as himself, and, okay, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. It comes back to you. Uh, basically, in conclusion, we're not an island. We're not just an individual ourselves. The Holy Spirit is the bond the glue, the whatever it is, the bond that ties all of us to each other and to God and to Jesus. The Bible says so, not my words. And also, I hope you have a fabulous Feast of Tabernacle, uh, Feast of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Blessed day we are, and may, may all of you have a great, fabulous Feast of Pentecost today.